Welcome to the Gensler Design Podcast. The Gensler Design Podcast creates a dialogue between design experts, creative trendsetters, and thought leaders to discuss how we can shape the future of cities through the power of design. I'm your host, David Calkins, the Regional Managing Principal of Gensler Asia Pacific and Middle East. The COVID-19 pandemic significantly disrupted working practices around the world, making it critical for businesses to adapt quickly or risk closure. Businesses have turned to digital transformation and technology, which was becoming an increasingly important part of the workforce even prior to the pandemic, as a helpful means to increase engagement, efficiency, and workplace flexibility. A new book, Digital Transformation in a Post-COVID World, explores the innovations, disruptions, and changes that are required to adapt in a fast-evolving landscape due to the extraordinary circumstances triggered by the COVID-19 pandemic. With us today is Dr. Adrian Kwa, a research leader at both the Cairns Institute in Australia and Center for International Trade and Business in Asia at James Cook University, Singapore, and Dr. Roberto Dillon, who is the head of the School of Science and Technology at James Cook University, Singapore. Most recently, Adrian co-edited the book Digital Transformation in a Post-COVID World with Roberto, which includes substantive contributions from industry-leading companies like KPMG, Accenture, Deloitte, Gensler, and the Singapore International Chambers of Commerce, among others. Adrian, Roberto, welcome to the podcast. Before we begin, can you tell our listeners about yourselves? Adrian, how about you first? Thank you, David, for having me in the Gangsler Design Podcast. Coming from an engineering and business background, I can certainly appreciate how systems thinking, digital transformation, as well as workplace design can increase engagement, efficiency, and flexibility. Trained initially as a professional engineer and then subsequently as an academic, I've worked in Fortune 500 companies and the public sector previously. I then switched to educating MBAs at business schools such as University of Bradford, Manchester and Nottingham Business Schools for nearly 20 years. I'm currently with James Cook University leading on projects in sustainability and business continuity. During this period, I've watched businesses transform themselves from manual punch cut systems in the form of telex and facsimile machines to automation and the adoption of web-based communications, and now digital delivery of education and other services. Due to my background, I've continued working with the public sector, private sector, and universities in standardization exercises for example, the ISO standards, policy reviews, and other management issues. Thank you, Adrian. It's great to have you on the podcast with us today. And uh, Roberto, how about you? Thanks, David, and hello, everyone. Well, I'm originally from Italy, as you may still guess from my accent, but I've been living in Singapore for more than 17 years by now, as uh, I moved uh, over here right after having finished my PhD in computer engineering. Uh, Throughout the years, I worked across academia and the industry, and uh, I led different research projects on various topics. Uh, But essentially, I have a strong interest uh, in uh, two fields, uh, game design and cybersecurity. From my time in Singapore, I uh, held different positions across uh, institutions uh, from uh, NTU to NYP to DigiPen and SIT, and then uh, I joined the JCU in 2012. Thanks, Roberto. Well, it's great to have you with us, too. Uh, We're going to have a good conversation today about the innovations, disruptions, and changes that are required to adapt in a fast-evolving landscape due to the extraordinary circumstances triggered by the COVID-19 pandemic. So about the new book, Adrian, I'd like to ask you, what attracted you to this uh, area of research? 
you mentioned a little bit about your interest in business transformation, but what led you to write on this topic? David, this is a very interesting question. I have been an observer of this uh, huge industry transformation. The early part of the fourth industrial revolution is a trend towards automation and data exchange in manufacturing technologies and processes, which as an engineer, I have been geared. Then it quickly progressed to smart technologies, large-scale machine-to-machine communication, and now the Internet of Things. This integration results in increasing automation, improving communication, and self-monitoring. Now, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum introduced this phrase to a wider audience back in 2015, mastering the fourth industrial revolution. And this was the 2016 theme of the World Economic Forum annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland. At this meeting, sustainability was also a key agenda. Now, as you're aware, David, COVID is very much disruptive but it forces our society and our world to quickly adapt to restriction forced on to us by the pandemic. And we did, because technological advancement permitted this. Roberto and I have collaborated on digital enablers such as virtual reality in an experiment to address chronic and terminal diseases such as early dementia uh, before we embark onto this project. It was during a coffee break back in uh, early 2021 where the greatest ideas came about. Roberto and I discussed and decided that perhaps an edited book capturing how societies have adapted and how companies can and have pivoted their business in the post-pandemic economy would be a landmark piece to capture this particular transition and how digital transformation and other enablers helped us secure a more sustainable future. You know, we've discussed the very topics that you described in our first two podcasts, actually, about significant transformation. But I want to hear from you, Roberto. What are some of the obstacles that companies face when trying to implement digital transformation in this post-COVID era? First of all, I think we need to realize that uh, thanks to the ongoing internet penetration and faster connection speed all around the world, uh, digital transformation uh, was already an ongoing process, luckily. But uh, what happened, unfortunately, was that uh, pandemic really forced us to boost it and accelerate it uh, in ways uh, that uh, we may have not been fully prepared for yet. And this uh, clearly had consequences and uh, gave us a lot of trouble. Uh, from my perspective, then, which is that of a computer engineer with an interest in cybersecurity, um, I could not help but notice how transferring all activities, not only from our uh, work and office to home, but also from many public services to online so that uh, they could be available to people and citizens directly from home, essentially uh, had to be rushed for obvious reasons. And this opened uh, very dangerous opportunities for cybercrime. And there are some interesting stats here. Approximately uh, 37% of global organizations say that they were the victim of some form of ransomware attack in 2021, according to an uh, IDC uh, research. And also the FBI Internet Crime Complaint Center reported more than 2,000 ransomware complaints from January to July in 2021. 
And this represents a 62% year-over-year increase, so quite uh, alarming numbers we have here. And uh, this aggressive uh, behavior that we witnessed uh, is not necessarily due because uh, criminals became smarter, but uh, in reality, it was also in a way facilitated by our rush uh, to uh, shifting our lives online and willingly exposed us, our data and our office networks to more attacks we were fully prepared for. So uh, it's very important that uh, every company, even the smallest ones, uh, really need to take uh, security very seriously and uh, find the right way between uh, enforcing the relevant policies while not exasperating employees with too many rules to follow, which could have uh, the opposite effect in the end. And this was also pointed out by a recent research study that we did on password policy, for example. So it's uh, really very tricky to find the right balance, and these were... uh, huge problems that affected all of us and companies of all sizes. Oh, that's amazing. You know, I've read statistics that say that because of the pandemic, digital transformation was accelerated between two and 10 years. We've taken this big leap. What I didn't understand was that cybercrime had accelerated that much too. But of course, I should have known because I'm getting texts from my banks frequently that tell me to beware of cyber scammers. So that's pretty amazing, Roberto. Thanks. Adrian, the chapters consider how different fields across technology and businesses have been affected by the new dramatic scenario and the drastic consequences that the pandemic had on them. With diverse contributions stemming from public health, technology strategies, urban planning, and sociology to sustainable management, the new book is articulated into four distinct but complementary sections, people, process, planet, and prosperity influencing the post-COVID world. Why are those the main headings? Why are those topics depressing? Now, to take a step back, the publishers, I remember, was very excited when he first saw our book proposal, covering these multiple dimensions of how people, processes, planet, and the future has transformed digitally, not just covering the technology know-how or the processes for digital transformation. Now, this is because in sustainable development, digital technologies permeates all aspects of modern life, mobility, health, education, work, communication, and so on. The ability to integrate these into our daily routines has literally become a matter of survival in today's world. At the same time, we also want to stress the importance to remain vigilant and up-to-date with the latest technological trend because such drastic transformation do have hidden dangers as what Roberto has illustrated. Hence, we have obtained multiple views from a patent lawyer, urban planners such as yourself, academics and technology strategies to provide our readers this important perspective that are broad yet encompassing. For example, in the people section, we discuss the basis of human well-being, health, the roles of leaders in business and society. In the process section, we investigated how workplace have experienced changes enabled by technology and address important critical issues such as successful technology pivoting and new approaches to mitigate cyber risks. We should never forget about the living spaces. And in our planet section, we emphasize that we should be sure that our environment is conducive for a healthy lifestyle in view of integrating workspace, nature, education, and personal space. Finally, to conclude, 
in the prosperity section, we discuss the future of food, sustainable development goals, and the circular economy enabled by digitalization that may lead to a sustainable future in the process. So as you can gather, David, this book was conceived and completed during the COVID period. The liaison work, the collaboration, the contribution all happened online within a six, seven months time frame. And, and, and I think this was uh, pretty amazing. <laughs> I think the people not being able to travel during the COVID period also helped in the rapid completion of the book. So Adrian, how important is agility to success? Well, agility to success is definitely there during the period of the pandemic because during the time, everyone was resilient and their routine was flexible. In some ways, COVID has lowered the temporal and geographical boundaries between us as we have meetings early in the morning and work till late at night. Although we have very important contributors who are running big organizations such as yourself, all of us were very mission-driven to make this book project a success. David, you are one of the top five people to finish your draft chapter. How did you do it? Well, I didn't know that, Adrian. That's interesting. Thanks for telling me. Well, you know, honestly, it was a story that I was anxious to tell. That was a scary period of time. I think all of us were worried about our own personal health, and we were also worried about the health of our company. But my firm pivoted and transformed very, very quickly, over a weekend practically, from working in the office to working virtually online. And we didn't really skip a beat, and I was really proud of that transformation. But besides that, there were a couple of things that I dealt with in my chapter that were ideas and trends that the firm was dealing with even well prior to the pandemic. So first of all, through our Gensler Research Institute, we had been looking into the nature of uh, workplace design really for years, and it looked deeply into what makes the company more successful, more creative, more innovative, more collaborative, and more productive. And so with this huge disruption, that gave us a real chance to, again, look at the nature of workplace in its disruptive state. We did a lot of surveying of our clients and surveying of our own people, and then started to speculate on what the nature of the workplace would be post-pandemic. And so what we found is that um, really the purpose of the workplace has changed. It will be more a place of socialization and collaboration and meeting, and it'll have even more importance as sort of a brand beacon for businesses moving forward. So that's really a fascinating thing. So now we're engaged in designing sort of the next gen workplace, and we're seeing hospitality elements coming in. So it's really, how do you make the workplace safer and more sustainable and healthier and a happier place? And in a similar way, our firm is really dedicated to shaping the future of cities through the power of design. And so this was also an opportunity to tell a story of how we've been thinking about how we impact the city to do those same things, to make the city safer and greener and healthier and a happy place too. And so we have developed a whole series of strategies along those lines to intervene into the urban environment, even as it's changed. You mentioned that maybe companies are needing less office space eventually, and there will be office space that'll need to be transitioned to other uses. And so we've developed strategies for that. But if our listeners are interested, I would direct them to our website to see those strategies, both in terms of the future of workplace and in terms of the future of cities. Thank you, David. It is certainly good to know how your company has actually pivoted very quickly. And thank you very much for sharing the findings of the Gangsler Design Institute in your chapter. 
The nature of the workplace is indeed uh, changing post-pandemic. And in the next generation workplace, in uh, shaping the city through the power of design, your insights made your chapter very valuable. And indeed, this chapter has complemented the book and made the book a better success. So I'd like to say thank you very much, David, for your valuable chapter contribution. It was great to have you on board in the book. Well, thanks, Adrian. I really appreciated the opportunity that you and Roberto gave to me. It was a great experience. So thanks for including me in the effort. I found out recently that James Cook University has launched the sustainability cluster led by both of you. Can you tell us the role of digital transformation in a future that focuses increasingly on sustainability? Sustainability research focuses on different things. And in our institute, uh, we focus on three pillars, the green economy, the social economy, and the digital economy, which allows us to bring multidisciplinary expertise from around the world to collaborate on the framework of sustainable development. Our interest builds on intangible social environmental analysis into sustainability evaluation, including the use of digital analytics and science. Our cluster consists of 10 JCU faculty and five ongoing doctoral researchers and several external experts. The green economy pillar focuses on green products and industry using the concept of circular economy and consumer acceptance to further understand how green economic growth could be promoted. On this front, our members have published on green products such as solar and wind energy, we manufacture products, ethical products, and sustainable goods. Our social economy pillar further investigates into corporations and institutions that supports sustainable and inclusive growth. Primarily, the team has focused into behaviors, corporatism, and corporate social responsibility that support the framework of sustainable development. Finally, the digital economy pillar covers digital transformation using data science, technology, virtual reality, and engineering to contribute to sustainable development. This pillar in particular is in collaboration with members who are interested to integrate artificial intelligence, data science, technology with business continuity and sustainability. The role of digital transformation is ever so important to sustainable development. For example, in telehealth, where we can disperse medical aid to remote and rural location. This was discussed by Professor Karen West in a chapter in the book. Additionally, by blockchain tagging in the agricultural sector and using weather sensors, we can better control our crops movement and produce better crop remotely. Roberto, can you think of other examples where digital transformation aids sustainability? Well, um, sustainability is uh, definitely a key area that uh, we all need to work on. And I think uh, the main focus is really to be on a, a responsible use of available resources, because we know that the resources are not unlimited, but uh, as already Adam Smith said many, many years ago, centuries ago, uh, our wants are not. 
So it's really fundamental to take into account this also in our uh, digital transformation journey from the very beginning. And uh, uh, really, I think we should uh, always be aware that problems are around the corner and uh, relying even more on technology necessarily means additional energy consumptions. And we must be uh, aware of these, acknowledge these and work uh, on these so that uh, these become something sustainable and will not drain our resources too much. So. The whole energy infrastructure needs to be revised and upgraded in the near future in ways that make this transformation possible and uh, really more sustainable in the long run. And I think it's all a kind of loop in the end because sustainability and digital transformation really depends on each other and uh, need to support and drive each other as we progress to bring, uh, to bring more of our own lives and activities online. So this is a continuous process that we need to work on and uh, be really aware of the possible pitfalls that we may encounter. Roberto, our listeners could be business owners or managers or even fellow design professionals. With regards to digital transformation in this sustainable future, do you have one piece of advice for them? Uh, my main recommendation would be to be uh, well aware of the inherent risk that will come with our digital transformation journey. And in other words, as also it was remarked earlier here and uh, was discussed in the book, we should consider cybersecurity an integral part of any technology-driven activity from the very beginning. This means that for businesses developing any type of software product, then applying best practices for designing software securely from the very first prototype is really paramount. While for other businesses, this means to adopt the mindset that attacks will happen. And uh, uh, this uh, means that we must have uh, a reliable recovery plan and strategy to keep our data safe with regular backups. And most importantly, don't keep your backups on the same computer or even on a computer on the same network as the original resource. Uh, they, of course, should be kept off-site and offline in a safe place. This sounds obvious and even silly just to mention it, but I know it happens, so just be careful. Thanks, Roberto. And finally, Adrian, do you have any final takeaways for our, our uh, audience? I, I think when one is designing a digital transformation project, for example, it is most pertinent to consider the integration of societal, economic, and sustainability aspects. Ask questions like, is doing this project giving the company employees, the surrounding community, and the wider society a better-off situation? Which stakeholders would most likely benefit from this digital transformation and perhaps would be better off in the process? What are the additional resources this project demanded and what sustainable resources could be reduced as a result of this project? Ultimately, questions like, does this project result in a better off situation? Integrating the economic aspects into the equation, we need to ascertain the cost of implementation does not capitalize all your future profits and that the project must be attractive to its customers, to your customers. Hence, consumer testing in the case of consumer interfaces or creating a digital platform or even an online AI customer service is probably more important than merely having one such interfaces for the sake of having one. So as a manager, it is also important to keep abreast of changes to technology and the limitless opportunity digitalization can offer. 
Thanks, Adrian. Well, I wanted to thank both you and Roberto for asking me to be a part of the important book that you all co-edited. Thank you for that opportunity. And I wanted to give a final thank you to Adrian and Roberto. Thanks for joining us today. We'll look forward to having you on the podcast again someday. Maybe we can talk about sustainability issues in a deeper way. But this has been great to discuss your new book. Best of luck with it. And we'd love to express our appreciation for you joining our podcast. Thank you all for joining us in Singapore. You've been listening to the Gensler Design Podcast. I'm your host, David Calkins, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.